Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for joining our webcast today. As you know, the Association of Value-Based Cancer Care is responsible for information and dialogue in our ecosystem across all stakeholder groups. This ensures that patients will win on access and quality. We need to constantly improve and change our tactics and our deliverables in cancer care. This is why we hold these webcasts. This is why you're dialing in. We have key opinion leaders, the influencers, the important decision makers who are driving change in our ecosystem. Please join us, participate, ask questions, and offer your voice too. It's hugely important. So thank you for joining. We look forward to participating with you more. Stay safe. Thank you. Hi, this is Tim Kubal. I'm giving a quick review of a webcast Comprehensive Cancer Care Centers and Integrated Delivery Systems, an update on COVID-19 recovery and the road ahead. Just five quick points for you to take away today. The first of these is that cancer care diagnoses are actually falling in the United States. You would normally think this is a good thing, but in reality, it's terrible. A 37% reduction in overall new diagnoses means 37% of people haven't had their breast cancers, colon cancers, lung cancers diagnosed. Those people are eventually going to be diagnosed, but unfortunately at a later stage, stage in a lot of cases. When you could pluck out a little lung mass, here someone might progress. One of the key takeaways is to help your patients step back from the fear of COVID and recognize they need to get their imaging done, their mammographies, colonoscopies, low-dose CTs. It's very important. The second takeaway is that recovery is not going to be the same everywhere. So the Every state, every city, rural and otherwise, is not going to recover the same. But what you need to think about in your community, in your environment, is not how do I get myself back to 2020, right? February before this all started. But what am I going to make the world look like in February of 2021? So I want you to think about what do you want to see in February of 2021, not how do you get back to where you were. And the key for that is to think about innovation. How do you innovate within your existing systems and in this COVID environment? The first way that's proposed is to become more patient-centric. One of the more interesting things that came out of this panel is the recognition that clinical trials need to be closer to the patient. When I often have conversations with patients about trials, they say, that sounds great. How many times do I need to be here? How far is my drive? How many times do they need to draw my blood, et cetera, et cetera. And so getting trials closer to the patient is going to drive medical research faster and make us more patient-centric. If the barrier to entry to either treatment or a trial or something like that is proximity, we need to make ourselves be closer to the patient. That's part of our innovation to break out of this sort of downward spiral COVID has put a lot of our centers into. The second way to innovate is to think about creating a new product and a new model of care entirely. We talked a lot in this webcast about telemedicine. There is broad agreement that telemedicine is here to stay. There is broad agreement that if telemedicine reimbursement or the regulations are changed, this is going to be damaging to the patient and our healthcare systems. Even at Moffitt, where we saw a I think 16,000% increase in our telemedicine visits, even though we've seen a 50% decrease since then. We're still seeing eight to 900 patients per week via telemedicine. Most other centers are seeing the same. So telemedicine is a new product. You need to adapt to it. You need to continue to offer it. You need to make that a low barrier to entry from a difficulty standpoint for the patient and also for the providers. The second thing is, how do you get that product for the ancillary services out there to the patient, right? So physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech, 
dietary? How do you get these things out to the patient? How do you get nursing education to the patient in a way that is on time and on point? When I give a patient chemotherapy and they're going to have a neutropenic fever 30% of the time, I got to tell you, I don't educate every single patient in a deep dive about specifically what happens. The nurse comes in and drives home that education after I step back and the patient is better able to receive it. So how do you drive those ancillary services in there to optimize that care for the patient, I think is something important. And the final piece around home infusion. This product is the product that has the chance to really shut down a lot of kind of comprehensive centers, unfortunately. We're built on what we described in the webcast as large physical plants, big buildings, lots of chairs, a lot of patients come in, they receive the service, then they get to go home. What we need to think about in the future, remember in February of 2021, is how does the patient want to receive that service? What is the thing that is standing between them and receiving that in the home? Most of the time it's us. Most of the time it's us, and it's because our physical plant and our site is built to deliver it there. It's easier for us. If we're thinking about a new product and a new model that arises out of COVID, home infusion is probably that product. So if you look at Penn's experience, they're doing something like 13 regimens for eight types of cancer. Before COVID, they were doing, I think, two or three different drugs, hardly any doctors adapting it. Now, almost all of their patients for those regimens have shifted. When you ask them, what is it that is going to cause this to change in the future? They say, if it can't pay for it, then we can't do it. So the other thing I would say is home infusion, our panel agrees, needs to be reimbursed appropriately to be meaningful for these centers in the future. I will say as a sidebar, there was not a lot of happiness around white bagging. I know it's coming. I know it's rising. I don't think it really serves our sites or the patient in any meaningful way. And so what we need to focus on is how do we sort of take the reins of creating that new product. And then the last piece, the last takeaway is this all sounds great. I've got numbers for you that say that this is getting worse out there. I'm telling you, you're going to have to recover in a special way. You're going to need to innovate. You're going to need to be more patient-centric and adapt. But what if you don't have the people? This comes up in rural areas, for example, if you've got three OCNs, you can't build a home infusion network on the back of three OCNs, right? So how do we grow our population of caregivers in the nursing space, the pharmacy space, the physician and APP space to meet the needs and the demands of the innovation that we're going to need to drive into the system going forward? So I want you to remember at the end of the day, you can have all the great ideas you want and you can get agreement, but if you don't have the people to carry them out, you can't do them. So remember your people. Well, gee, that was just great today, and thank you for joining. Thank you to our faculty and our panelists. As usual, great content, and the sharing of information, usually important if we are going to improve access and the quality care that we're responsible for delivering, along with change in this ecosystem. Like today, there'll be other and future webcasts. We cover all topics and all stakeholders. Stay tuned. Also, we post this on our website. It's very important that you can dial down and share with your colleagues. So we encourage you to do that. Additionally, if any of you have any comments, send them in through our website. If anyone would like to participate in speaking or has some other ideas, please share them with us. That's our mission. Thank you for joining. Talk again.